0: Listening to Canada Reimagined. I'm Patrick Esmond White. This episode, McLuhan Revisited. Let me turn to an issue affecting all Canada communications. A quick definition I use this word in its broadest possible sense. Growing up, As I did in the 1960s, we all knew of Canada's Marshall McLuhan as the world's most influential communications theorist. Famously, he appeared as himself in a Woody Allen movie. He was spoofed on comedy shows. His insights, though, still resonate decades later. You all know his catchphrases The medium is the message. Hot and cool media. The global village. All these came from the mind of Marshall McLuhan. He anticipated that the communications age we now inhabit would have a wonderful and dizzying array of hardware, software, and content. As he predicted, technology is redefining humanity, reshaping politics, culture, work, school, and home. It's both gloriously exciting and truly frightening— The issues he raised are no longer abstract, no longer science fiction. They're real, and left untended, they may shape a dystopian world for future generations. Artificial intelligence, AI, is the looming monster du jour. It can save us or destroy us, depending on what humans decide to do with it. There are three big worries with AI. First, it's already spawning a new form of global cyber warfare. Second, supercomputers may bypass their human overlords and favor their own survival over that of humanity. And finally, in this new metaverse, it's hard to know what's even real. Experts are calling for a slowdown in artificial intelligence. They know that like Pandora's box once opened, it cannot be closed. What to do? Well, back to McLuhan. The medium is the message. Regardless of content, the media demand our obedience. Technologies using AI are simply the latest and most powerful tools ready to reshape the pathways in our brains. They train us to pay attention, rewarding us with likes and followers. They're addictive. We are already Pavlov's humans, and it'll only get worse. Of course, here I am hooked on technology. Now, some apps, like Twitter, I avoid like it was heroin, but there's no escape from the digital world. One thing we especially can't escape is being tracked by surveillance technology, whether benign or malicious. Just mention wanting a new TV set over breakfast, and the ads will follow you for weeks. Technology is listening. From Iran to China, from Russia to the United States, from Google to Good Life, digital surveillance is everywhere. Same technology, different brand, different purpose, but always a lack of privacy. As AI spreads, democracy and freedom and privacy are all ultimately at stake. Have you ever heard of the Cult of the Dead Cow? It's a group of hacktivists, trying to use technology to fight back, the war about surveillance technology is already well underway. The rebellion against the surveillance society is being fought online. Canada, happily, is in better shape than most countries in terms of having a shared sense of what to do and what values are worth protecting. And there's a reason. Back in the 1930s, Canada established a broadcasting network to build the nation. It's now called the CBC. The initiative was led by two men, one of whom was Graham Spry, then a young Rhodes Scholar from Saskatchewan. I got to know Graham late in his life. In an amazing moment of national sanity, Canadians agreed that the mission of public broadcasting was to unite Canada in the new age of radio. Through the CBC, Canadians would hear Canadian content, Canadian news. The CBC would bolster the arts and cultural industries. In cultural terms, it was our first line of national defence protecting our southern border. Protect from whom, you ask? Well, you know the cliché. Freedom of the press belongs to those who own the press. From Conrad Black to Rupert Murdoch, it's always been clear... Who controls the headlines? It's the guy with the money, and ultimately, Americans have more. Graham Spry also understood that Canada had to protect itself from the assault of commercial media. The nation agreed. Profit was not the goal. The CBC was to become a trustworthy source of information and culture, a guardrail against disinformation. In his later years, the Graham I knew was frustrated. He saw satellites and cable fracturing our shared national experience. The CBC was aging, out of date in the new age. CBC radio remained strong, but with advertising on the public TV network, CBC TV was neither fish nor fowl. Today, most of our public media institutions seem to produce boutique content seemingly targeted to aggrieved minorities. Whatever good this achieves, it does not unite Canadians. It creates digital villages. Here's McLuhan again. The mediascape has changed. Local news has almost gone the way of the dodo bird. Real journalism is disappearing, too often replaced by opinion. International journalism has become the most dangerous profession on earth. Mindless tweets replace facts. Click-based algorithms spread the stupidity. I keep coming back to the core idea that the media must serve democracy. That's not in the mission statement of any corporation. Google, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Apple, and all the other giants that now dominate the cultural landscape. They are massive, unaccountable global corporations that control both carriage and content. They shape politics, they shape the economy, they shape society, they determine the fate of democracy, even as they plead neutrality. So, back to McLuhan. He wrote that first we build the tools, then they build us. He was right. The reconstruction of our culture is ongoing, the rewiring of the human brain is also well underway. We're becoming digital avatars in a tribal information village. Bits and bytes in the matrix metaverse. We're losing our foundation of shared facts and shared values. Society is fragmenting. We're taught to fear. We're taught to see conspiracies. People of every political stripe can feel it, see it, but they can't resist it. This is not to say that modern technology is pure evil. The new media enables so much that's beneficial. The potential is so exciting. This said, the challenge ahead is to make informed policy choices and for humans to take control. In the short term, our politicians have a few tough nuts to crack. To start, we simply need more affordable access to communications to the commons. That means government must be more involved. Next, easily agreed upon, communications for individual, business, government must be secure. Our phones, tablets and computers all hold personal data and every click can be monitored. Digital security and privacy belong in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Another thing we can all agree on is the fight against online crime, ransomware and foreign cyber attacks. It requires government and the private sector together. All these issues fit under the rubric of peace order and good government. To protect our interests in a digital world, we need a government we trust. That means one we elect fairly to a house of commons, not to a house of hostile factions. I'll come back to this later. The point here is, CBC Radio built a broadcast commons a century ago Our challenge is to update that commons to fit the digital age. Now, the good news, Canada is not alone in this fight. Various crises in the past few years have raised awareness of the need for real regulation. We've seen Russia and other countries use social media to undermine elections and to promote hatred. We know of lies spread about vaccines causing countless deaths. We see hatred, misogyny, racism, and violent extremism promoted online. These things and more are getting attention. Good. Democratic governments are slowly moving, uh, maybe with the exception of the United States, but they are moving. Concern over digital rights provides a common ground for groups that are often seen as enemies from right-wing libertarians to civil rights advocates. Digital rights and freedoms are, after all, universal. There's talk of an International Digital Stability Board, the information industry equivalent of the World Trade Organization. Some countries think the International Telecommunication Union should lead the way. Elected governments are struggling to decide on rules that are fair, reasonable, and democratic. Already, many authoritarian countries like China have set up a digital curtain with absolute control over what their citizens can see or say, we are already in a new digital Cold War. One huge sign of hope is the Christchurch call to action launched by Jacinda Ardern, the former Prime Minister of New Zealand, and French President Macron. The Christchurch call to action already has more than 120 members, governments, online service providers and civil society organizations. Their goal is to eliminate terrorist and violent extremist content online and uphold the principle of a free, open and secure internet. It's a big piece of the puzzle, but only one piece. A very different issue involves how to pay for content. Europe and Australia demand that the media giants pay for news and other content that they make money off. Canada is slowly catching up with a law that makes digital media subject to content requirements and regulations, just like traditional broadcasters. The digital platforms are fighting back tooth and nail. We also see the strike by writers and actors in the United States and Hollywood. All of it is part of the same puzzle. In all of this, Canada should be a leader, not a follower. We need to recapture the digital commons. We need democratically imposed limits on surveillance, both corporate and government. We need major news media that have gatekeepers and fact-checkers. One approach would be to instruct the Canadian media to establish a code for fair, balanced and accurate reporting, a Hippocratic Oath of the news media. This is similar to how the legal and medical professions maintain standards independent from government but required. Imagine that an organization of stakeholders, including reporters, academics and media organizations, draft a journalism code and establish a governing board. Participating media would commit to follow the code. The digital media giants would be required by law to identify which news sources adhere to the code and those that do not. The governing board could evaluate complaints against the code. They could then censure, not censor. Without in any way limiting free speech, news reporting would become a more fully respected profession. The media themselves could enjoy the disinfectant of sunlight shining on their own industry. In all this, Canada could set an example. In sum, Very few issues are more important to democracy today than communications writ large. We cannot have peace, order and good government if we do not also have good communications that serve the public interest. McLuhan had it right. Graham Spry had it right. We have to get it right. Finally, we have to get it right all over the world in a new age of global connectedness. You've been listening to Canada Reimagined. I'm Patrick Esmond-White and fully responsible for the content that you've been listening to. I'd like to thank Tom Evans for the artwork, Tom Plant for the theme music, and Harbinger Media, a coalition of independent Canadian podcasters. Take care.